Hey John, how are you, sir? I'm well, Matt. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. A little bit excited about the the market. A little bit of news out of the US today. White House requesting two point two billion dollars for their their uh, enrichment services that they want to build out secure their kind of critical uh, minerals list and uh, energy security. What did you make of that? Well, I think uh, I think they and they and probably most of the governments around the world are starting to get interested in uranium. What it really means. And when you start delving into the supply chain a little bit, it's not just as simple as sort of digging it out of the ground and, and sticking into a reactor. Uh, it has to go through the enrichment process. You know, utilities have specs for all these reactors and uh, they, they need to be fairly precise. And so it's uh, it's not exactly, a, 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 it has to be fairly exact. You can't see, you know, the tolerances are fairly low. So, you know, it's not like if enrichment can just sort of happen quickly, you know, get two guys in the garage and throw some money at it. And it works. It doesn't kind of work like that. And the fact is, you know, depending on what numbers you believe, you know, Russia and the stands account for roughly two thirds of the enrichment, uh, depending on what type of enrichment uh, globally. And so, you know, you've got that in the bad, sort of the quote unquote bad actors and the, the, the geopolitical tension added to that. If you're looking for security of supply and, and, and sort of keep it domestic, uh, they're, they're right to start examining these things and Takes time, takes time, takes time for these things. It's not like you can build them in a month. You need the money, you need the construction, you need the timing, you need the permitting. It all has to work, and it it just it's, you just can't flip a switch that easy. So, the, well, it was good certainly kind of seeing them kind of leaning and recognize the, the the issue at hand, which is the enrichment side of things, which the utilities have been you know crying out for 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 a while now. Now, now there's a bit of looking on the market, maybe um, before we kind of sort of talk about how this impacts companies like your yourselves. Um, is is just going to sort of step back a bit. We we spoke in this week with uh, John Chip Bagley. We've spoken with Guy Keller down at Tribeca. And the, and the thing that they've said is, and it's a real big shift, is it's not just the specialist funds or fund managers, um, you know, to, you know, interacting with the companies that are generalists. I think Guy was saying he's like over t- like over two hundred companies spoken to generalist funds who know nothing about the European space. Leaning in and go, well, hang on, what's what 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 is this about? How how do we get engaged? I mean, what's that look like from the other side the other side of the fence? Are are people sort of, you know, dialing in and talking to you as a potential future supplier? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're we're getting calls from people we would never have thought we got calls from. We have to actually qualify them, see if it's their they're they're really who they say they are, because it just, it doesn't really make it a lot of sense why they'd be calling us. But I think it I think it what it highlights is that you know, if you look take a time frame in the next three to five years what type of projects can actually has a realistic chance of getting into production, notwithstanding what, what people are saying in their corporate presentations, things like that. And when you look at those types types of mines and you actually do some work on them, that list is fairly small. And if you scratch off the list, uh, you know, uh, countries where you either can't or won't or don't want to uh, participate in, you know, that list gets even smaller and all of a sudden there's, there's not, it's not a list. It's like four names or five names. And it's like, it's not like you can have a list of 50 and pick your favorite five. It's there's five and be better. You better figure out <laughs> to get six is quite a chore. I know, but you, you, what you've also got going on in the background is obviously China being like, you know, hard at this for, you know, the, the, the last 10 years or so. They've been securing their own um, supply. Their energy security uh, was something that was obvious to them, you know, 10 years ago. Um, the decarbonization thing, I think, has helped the West kind of slightly wake up to where, where do we get their energy from, which is non-fossil fuel. Um, it, 
that has caused this kind of tension, right? So it's a case of um, where's the West going to get this from? The US, for instance, it doesn't actually produce currently any of its own uh, uranium-based energy. You know, it doesn't produce enough. So what's it going to do about it? Well, that's a good question. As I said, because it's not it's not so much as just snap your fingers or throw some money at uh, throw, throw some money at the problem. It it it, it takes time. And it's not clear that it's necessarily going to work either. And your options are, you know, I think I think the real sort of constraining factor, as opposed to if you juxtapose the the same question in just industries like gold or copper or zinc, you know, although you can argue about the critical or non-critical nature of those, when you look at the industry, I think your worst case scenario where you go, okay, what, what's the what's the uh, on on the, on the scale of what can happen here? What's the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is the price goes up. And eventually, the market takes care of whatever the pricing mechanism is. And yeah, so what if you? Have, I mean, not so what, but you have to pay thirty percent more, twenty percent more, whatever your whatever analysis you, you you impose on it. But you know, you're probably going to get it. So it's a cost thing. It's a dollar thing. So you're not you're not too panicked about that. Where you look at uranium, you, you might not you just might not be able to get it. Period. Price irrespective. And so then, what do you do? You start shutting down reactors. You 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 what? What do you, what do you what do you do about it? You can't do anything about it. You can't make it up. You can't again throw money at it and make it make it work. It just doesn't doesn't work like that. But but that's the, that's the, but that's the amazing thing here. The the the, the there is no plan B. It, it, it seems right. We talked about renewable energy. It's it was the darling child. It's now under a lot of pressure because. Well, for lots of reasons, uh, around, well, around, around recycling, reliability, um, et cetera, and, and, sh- and the sheer cost of this thing outside of the sub- government subsidies, right? You've got the, ex- the existing infrastructure, which doesn't do- involve fossil fuel, which you've got big funds trying to kind of phase out and make it really, really hard for us. So nuclear is being seen as the, the only game in town, but governments have got to catch up. The money's got to be there for the infrastructure, um, and that's got to trickle down very, very quickly to companies like yours. It's got to be easier to access that capital. So, what, what's like what what is a company like yours doing in a market like this? I get the inbound part of the the, the equation here, but what's it actually going to do for you over the next twelve months? Do you think? Well, I mean, it, 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 strategically, if we think about it this way. I mean, in a, in a, in a in a in a in a more um, you know, I think it shifts our, our strategic focus a little bit to, you know, whereas a year ago, we might not have thought about, we, we don't have a PA currently or any type of economic study published. Uh, we have our own internal thoughts and sort of numbers. Um, but, you know, there, there's there's good and bad in the PA. There's there's some good about it because it sort of lets you wrap your head around what it, what it is and what it isn't. Um, and you can push around the numbers and test your assumptions. It's it's good because then you have an NPV and you can sort of judge your market cap versus your NPV. Um, but the bad of it is, uh, you know, people have sort of the negative side of, the, of that is that uh, people think the sort of the project is capped in terms of its potential and its upside. So companies generally shy away from it as long as they can. But now that it's the focus is less about that, it's more coming into, you know, the question we get increasingly, which we didn't get 18 months ago. How quickly can you get in production? We get other questions, but we never heard that 18 months ago. Now we hear it with increasing frequency, and I suspect as the industry, you know, people start to dig into this and they realize the constraints that are around, 
we're going to be, you know, we're going to be, people are going to want to know what the economics are and how quickly we can get to production. That's going to be, that's going to start garnering, whereas before it might garner a, oh my God, you got to raise this money. Um, and it's, that's what it's too, you know, how can a 50 million market cap company raise a hundred million dollars or whatever the number is, and people just sort of shy away from it. It's going to be, wow, it's only a hundred million or again, whatever the number is. And, you know, cause, oh, the government, the government will back, you know, What's what's an easier way that for a government to sort of get into the, into the into the industry is that if they're if they're sure it's going to come into production and you're going to get them paid back, you know government. I, I think you I think you're seeing and you will continue to see governments either guaranteeing loans or providing loans directly or however the subsidy mechanisms get flown through. But uh, I don't think that capital cost is going to. I think it's going to be a shift that oh. It, you have to do it properly, but the getting the money is not going to be an issue. And you know, how quickly can you get in production? Therefore, somebody who can get a production in two years is going to be more highly sought after and theoretically better valued than somebody who can get in production in five years or ten years. And I think See, that's, that's I think that's, that's a shift that's coming. It, 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 it feels like it is a shift that's coming, and it's kind of like it's sort of almost like uranium may not have to play by the same rules as other commodities in that sense. And since there will be a price insensitivity, because if you guys don't produce enough. For global demand, literally the lights go off. So therefore, as a percentage of the cost of that failure, fun funding uh, uranium project, uranium development projects um, is seemingly inconsequential. It feels like to me, and that that, that would be an interesting thing. And then that, in 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 a sense, then changes. I think you alluded to there's a kind of well, maybe that changes up our strategy somewhat here. If price is is no longer a, a question it's an it's a it's a kind of a given and that you can either say there will be sustained uh price at x level or, or at least a floor at x level or a guarantee of an offtake should you be able to get a production from someone at a, at a base level you guys can change the order of play because it becomes less about the efficiency of the startup and more about the, the combined revenue of the ongoing operations. Is that, would that be fair to say? That's that, that's fair to say. And I think it's it's important to point out as well that you know it, it, it's different than other green industries. I mean, think of think of wind and solar as a as a as a as a competitor, if you will, and within the green space, it involves technical risk. There's no technical risk in 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 uranium. It's, it's proven. I mean, there's 400 whatever numbers odd reactors around the world and. Yeah, is it still suffer a little bit from sort of the not in my backyard syndrome? Yeah, it does. But I think I think an increasing trend around the world globally is a realization that you know people are. I think people, regardless of what your orientation is about global warming and climate change, there's an increasing realization that this problem is probably going to have to be fixed probably a little sooner than most people thought. Uh, it doesn't have to be tomorrow. But it's you know that that time frame that wall is is sort of getting a little closer, and to the extent you start doing some analysis about how you do it, well, how do you get green energy? Okay, well nuclear, yes. There's hydro. Okay, great. If you have a river, that's great. If you don't have a river, that's it's off the list. Uh, you know, uh, wind and solar are great for smaller things because they can't produce baseload power at this moment. Um, does the battery technology get there to the storage and the transmission mechanisms and all that stuff? Yeah, probably at some point, but if you need to make decisions today about where to put money, it, it may not be the most ideal, but it's the best one because it's it's the technological merits of nuclear are ex exceedingly better than than any. 
There's no technological risk. It's established. It's there. It's operating. You can go see these things. Um, you know, you can dig it out of the ground. You can process it. It's you know, it, we're especially lucky in Canada with Saskatchewan being being a hub uh, with the Athabasca Basin and other. Um, it's 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 probably the easiest one for a government or a or larger organization to say, okay, listen, if we need to put an initiative in place, you start looking at what the risk profile these are. There's no te- there's no technological risk. Um, are there some permitting and other risks as there are with all, all projects? Sure. Um, but it's sort of like if you add money to the mix, mix it up like a cake batter, you can put it in the oven and let it go. Um, whereas some of the industries don't have that. I mean, I don't think, I don't think people have realized that, uh, you know, not much media attention has got to it, but you know, people have, a lot of governments have the net, net 2050 net zero. China just made that 2060. And they said we're gonna. They produce about a third of the fossil fuels uh, in the world, um, and they said we're gonna keep doing that till 2030. Then we're gonna trail off. Okay, you know I think I think when you start sort of working through the systems and working how things work and and what are the realistic um, projections about how things can work and how things can't work, you start realizing that you know what what might work on paper or look theoretically nice. You know, may or may not work that well in the new world, and and it, uh, you know, it's coming. So we have to, yeah, it has to be addressed at some point. Yeah, no, like I, I think there's a there's a there's a whole bunch of realities going to be faced, like, su- such as I think we were talking about the nuclear fuel report before we started filming. You know, if, you know what what companies say they're going to be able to produce, what which companies will actually be able to produce what they say they will, are, are, are two very very different things, and certainly. Time frames will be different because jurisdictional risk is is an issue. Technical risk is an issue. Um, access to capital may may not be such a problem going forward um, because of that one thing, which we're starting to see at the moment. There's been a very um, steady uptick in price. I think the ask today was seventy five bucks. Uh, imagine that a year ago, right? Um, how do how do you think that plays out now? Because in, in terms of that. That 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 if you were if you're charting the, the the price growth over the last twelve months, it's it's less gentle, accretive growth. I'd be very well, been more than that, fifty percent up. Uh, I'd be very happy with that. What could that look like going forward, given what we're hearing globally? We've still got Russia in, in the mix. We've got our, our our Middle East issues with the is, Israelis. We've got, um, you know, clearly demand shooting through the roof across not just China but Middle East across Europe US is waking up what's that going to do to price and again how does it affect you uh, well how it affects us is that I mean, we're we're less sensitive as a, as, as a narrow high grade mine um, it tends to be a little bit easier a little bit more profitable our footprint's smaller so it's easier for us to get into production as opposed to a large scale operation uh, both in terms of permitting scale and, and, and money access to capital but um it's 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 difficult to predict because it's uh, you know the, the reality is it's probably a mix of factors and so there's probably a little bit of catch up from before and you have to realize the industry is is fairly um, for for better or for worse is, is structured it's structured in the sense of there's not many there's a few financial players there's a, there's some ETFs and stuff floating around but most of the industry are producers of the product. And either intermediaries or end, end consumers, and those end consumers are, are utilities, generally speaking. And utilities, like governments and big banks, uh, big institutions, are conservative and slow moving. And so, I think there's a little bit of catch up from from that before when you know uranium was in the 30s, um, uh, playing into the factor. 
And I think it's 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 also a realization that you know as the price increases, again, typically what happens is in most industries is uh, marginal production uh, you know tends to come online um, as the price moves up. And I think in uranium that's just just that's generally not the case. And I think what, what people will start to realize is that if let's say seventy five is, is is the new base case, uh, and everyone agrees that that's the long term price, uh, people will you know they'll start going okay. Well, okay, Project A. You said your long-term price was eighty for seventy-five to put it back into production. So let's you know get going, uh, get at it, crack at it. Let's let's go. And I think what what people will slowly come to understand is that you know what people have on paper and what's actually possible in the real world are two different things. And so therefore, that seventy-five becomes eighty-five or ninety-five or whatever. And you know we're not talking about six hundred projects, and if if a few don't work or if you don't, you know, it's sort of, it, it's okay because there's a few hundred bit in the middle that, that will work. The, 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 the list is, you probably don't need to take your shoes off to count them. You probably count them on your fingers. Is it more than 10? I'm not too sure in, in jurisdictions that are appealing. Um, and so for us, it, it's, it's, it's good that we're in Canada. Uh, the permitting process, although a little bit more um, time consuming on the front end, uh, is well worth it. Again, we're in a jurisdiction that uh, where Nico has you know twenty five percent of their NEV. I think is in is in none of it with the three operating lines there, um, uh, with local communities that are fairly sophisticated uh, because of that. And you know, in, in the Canadian landscape uh, with Saskatchewan, it's a fairly knowledgeable um, community in terms of getting getting people and geologists and and uh, and help for all that. So it's uh, it all helps with time to time to production. And if that's the way it's going, which it seems like it is. That's gonna, you know, that's gonna push the price up, and it's gonna benefit people like us that are smaller and more capable of getting into production more quickly um, with with less perceived risk. And so, you know, we're excited about that. Yeah, I, I think yeah, absolutely, well, absolutely. And I, you know, I've been a sort of very, you know, staunch cynic of some of the promotional language used over the last, you know, eighteen, twenty-four months. Where I think even twenty-four months ago, people, you know, crying out and baying for two hundred dollar. Uranium, which I thought was ludicrous, and I guess has been brought out to be true. But now, now, if someone said to me, "Is two hundred dollar uranium possible?" I'm probably going to nod my head, and like, and I, and I think, you know, I, I can see it next year, given some of the things we're seeing out there in the world with the which obviously more driven around the sort of negative side of the you know the crises that we're seeing geopolitical. Um, haggling, you know, China, you know, shutting up shop for things like, uh, you know, graphite and previously rare earths, and you know, and are they going to lock up the uranium supply um, for themselves? But but also positive things, little things like, you know, data centers. That's talking about using SMRs to power their massive energy needs. The U.S. military talking about transportable micro reactor. Designs and all of this in sort of common everyday conversation and in broadsheet newspapers of, of, of old. It feels like people believe that nuclear is the solution, and obviously, clearly, that's driven by the access to uranium. So, it, I mean, it is very, very positive out there, but it also suggests it might move quicker than perhaps we even thought about because I think none of the figures I've looked at so far have included any of this SMR. Um, uh, just just SMR designs and SMR use use cases in any of the numbers. I mean, 
What, what do, you, do, you, do you feel that SMRs um, will kind of move through the phases quickly? It's, it, it's proven on a large scale. So, you know, why wouldn't it work on a small scale? Some are being developed around the world today. Um, I'm not I'm not sure there's one actually in production today, uh, but I think they're close. But, you know, think of this. Think of the think of the U.S. Midwest. Okay, hydro is not an option because you don't have you don't have a hydro dam. Uh, you start to realize quickly that um, uh, wind and solar, although they don't, will play at the margin, it won't satisfy your needs. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about a community of a thousand people somewhere, maybe it can sort of uh, make it work. But if say you're 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 a town in the Midwest of, of 150,000 people, which is there's there's lots of those all over the place, um, and you want to get away from coal, and the government might help fund some of this either through refundable or not refundable loans. And it's, you know, you, when you present the, you, you, the person who does the analysis presents it to just sort of town council or whoever's going to decide on when, which route to go, you know, there's no, te- there's no technological risk or, or very limited. Um, you think you can actually act upon it today. Um, and all you need to do is add a little money and, 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 and go. And the government, you might be able to finance a, a big chunk of that through government grants or loans. Okay, as compared to what? As compared to uh, putting up another, you know, coal furnace. I mean, that's that that it can be done, of course. But it, um, you know, what a lot of people I think are thinking of too is that where the coal plant is today, for example, um, you put the nuclear plant beside it. You put the you, you per, it takes permitting not out of the equation, but it mitigates it significantly, and it to some degree it hedges your bets too, because you know, who knows who knows what happens in five years from now, ten years from now, uh, the world could look considerably different than it does today. Um, so it's, uh, it's you know, it's, it's the old acronym, Tina, there is no alternative, but they're really, what is what is your alternative? If, if you're tasked with, I say, say, hey, Matt, come back to me. Uh, I'm going to make the decision. Come back to me with the options for how we're going to power our city of 150,000 people. Um, and oh, by the way, like, your job doesn't depend on it, but it's like, let's have some analysis of what's going, like, look, like we have to, we're going to act on this. We're going to spend some money. Uh, we're going to go ask the government. So it has to be tangible. It has to be, it has to be in the real world. It can't be in a year from now or five years from now. It's got to be, got to be today. It, it does have to be today. And so, and bring it back to so investing in today. Um, uranium equities. It's had a sort of, it's had a, it's had a good ride of the last twelve months. You guys have done, done well. Um, do you consent continue? What well, do you think that you guys are going to escape the kind of uh, tax season? Uh, penalty that most most companies face uh, at the end of each year in Canada. Yeah, well, well I mean, I guess I guess we'll see. But um, you know, I think we had to, with with the Valor transaction and buying the Anglac asset, which was a great great transaction. I think there's a little bit of disruption there. Um, you know, has 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 all that shaken out? Um, our, our sense is yes. So I think we I think we might be less. In, wait, are we going to escape it 100? percent Well, I, I I hope so. But uh, I would, I could uh, certainly put the case forward that uh, we will be less impacted than others, um, because you know the the the, the, flow, the flow through market, for example, is fairly small. Uh, we tend not to do it with individuals, so we, we know where that stock is and we can track it, and we we talk to those people all the time. So I'm uh, I'm hopeful that we're going to uh, become uh, less less scathed than others and potentially unscathed if if uh, if. Uh, if fingers are crossed. Right. Well, like John, I appreciate you coming in today. I think it's exciting times. So every, uh, all the uranium um, experts, gurus that are speaking to including yourself, um, seem very uh, excited about what the potential is. And obviously, it's a nice uh, run, run up by the 
towards the end of the year would be much appreciated uh, by one and all, I suspect. So um, we'll see you soon and uh, maybe catch up and see what you guys are doing over at Latitude, okay? Good. Thanks a lot, man. Cheers, bud. Cheers.